Hey everybody, this is Xixiao. This is yet another episode of Salesforce Way Podcast. Today I'm so happy and really have a closing by guest with me. His name is Yuan Kastan. Hello, Yuan. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? And good and good. You know, you're the first one that is so close by. You're from Sweden, from Stockholm, right? We're just yeah. having one hour gap today. <laughs> usually, when I talk with the people from the U.S., like ten hours gap. That's usually the challenge, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> neither of us has to stay up late today. Yeah, indeed. So, Johan, could you still introduce yourself to our listeners? Oh yeah, sure. So, I'm uh, I'm from Sweden. I, I'm a software engineer, and I've been working with Salesforce since uh, the 11th of May 2012. Okay. Uh, so that's, yeah, what's that, seven years? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, yeah, before that I worked with mostly everything, like iOS apps, Android apps, and most backend stuff. Um, mm. I, I usually say that I worked with all languages except for uh, COBOL, uh, because I, I actually did quite a lot of Fortran uh, when I worked for the Swedish weather department. So I, oh. yeah. <laughs> so you I'm, really touched a lot of programming languages. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I really think it's fun to see that in the mm. end, the language doesn't really matter. And we still solve the same problems as they did in the 50s. It's mm-hmm. all about loops and the data structures. Then <laughs> yeah. the language is just, it's just a tool. Yeah, we're just changing the things on the surface, right? The fundamentals are still the same. <laughs> yeah, and, and more JavaScript today, but <laughs> yeah. same problem. <laughs> I also see that in your LinkedIn profile you mentioned, or in the Twitter profile, you said that you want to read this uh, Tao CP, the, oh, yeah. the Bible <laughs> book. It's called the... The Art of Computer Programming. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's That's uh, a series uh, of books, right? <laughs> exactly. It's. I don't think Donald Knut has finished writing it. I only have the first four ones. Uh, okay. But it's it's super heavy on the math side. So I, I've, yeah, I've skimmed it. Uh, okay. Algorithms that are used mm. by Google today are in that book. And the book he started writing it in the seventies. So it's yeah. It's a bible on the ongoing bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I will ever have a chance that I have the courage to read that book. For me, the CISP book is what I really want to touch. You know, the structure and the interpretation of computer programs, which is okay. written for with um, uh, Lisp language. So use the Lisp okay. as uh, examples. Yeah, that's actually a language I I I've barely used it. Like, okay, uh, yeah, I think. They use that for some AI prototyping, right? Is that like yeah, for? In the past, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I started because, uh, to use that as you know as a Emacs language. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, so, and then start to touch it a bit, and then learn functional like a closure. But I, I, I still only scratching the surface. I really don't know Lisp that well, but I know it's a beautiful language. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I at, at our university, it was like a battle between Vim and Emacs, and I ended up on the Vim side, so I'm really bad at Emacs. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I love the Vim. I love the Vim key. So, 
So, but the yeah. Emacs is also another big monster. So I de- I, yeah. now I never use Emacs anymore and switch. And, no, know, I, so I, I just don't have I time. Mean, I'm really into uh, regular expressions, so then Vim was perfect. But now when you can use them in uh, Visual Studio Code, for example, I, I usually stay there instead. Okay, yeah, me too, me too. All right, so our topic today is really to talk about some side project, or you call it maybe pet project, right? Yeah. Maybe a, bit, bit, a little bit more love from your point of view. <laughs> a side project is like anytime you can just kill it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? A pet is more you, you need to give a love, you need to watch it grow. To me, that's the definition. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought about that actually, but it, it makes sense, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I, I think two years ago I could probably have killed off that project, but today it's like there's a lot of people using it, so it's more of a pet and mm. people kind of care about it <laughs> so uh, i would have a hard time killing it uh, okay could you have a brief uh, introduction what that pet project oh, yeah, really sure. is so it all started back when i became a consultant again like two and a half years ago mm-hmm. um, we were a small salesforce team of about eight people and uh, we between us we should have 98% of all the badges on Trailhead, um, which back then I think there were like 220 badges in total, so it wasn't that bad. Okay, you can still manage it. <laughs> exactly, it was manageable. Um, and then we kind of tried to use the partner portal to get this information, but the partner portal doesn't really have leaderboards or anything, it's just yeah, you can sort it on which badges are not completed by anyone, or mm. it might have changed. I haven't used the portal in years now uh, for that purpose. Um, but then I, I started looking into it and said, okay, maybe I can build a, like a screen scraper or something so mm-hmm. that we, in, in our team at least, could have like a view of how many badges do we have. Mm. Uh, so I built that, and I used some weird material CSS theme that it looked horrible and I don't even have screenshots of it anymore, which is a good thing. <laughs> uh, th- then I also added, uh, or I talked to a colleague and said, okay, maybe we should scrape the certifications as well because, I mean, it's good. So because the sales guy, it, if he he's asked by someone like a client, which mm-hmm. certifications do you have? I mean, he would have an up-to-date data source for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my colleague said, oh, no, we don't need to scrape that. We can just enter it manually. But in the end, I mean, scraping the certifications was very trivial compared to the trailhead profile. So I ended up doing that too. Okay. Um, then, like, in six months, I I kind of, yeah, I built, I used my spare time to work on it or when I wasn't on an assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I changed to the Salesforce Lightning Design System. Um Mostly because I wanted to learn and like per use case, I wanted to support both mobile and, and like desktop, and mm. uh, and also it makes everything look very Salesforcey, even though it's actually written in Python and running on uh, Google App Engine. So there's zero Salesforce involved actually, okay. except for the design system. Uh, oh. Then I actually went to they had this program called Cloud Elite. 
today, I think they changed the name to pre-sales trailblazer. It's a Salesforce program for pre-sales people. Okay. Uh, and I, I met some people. Yeah, actually some of your colleagues from Fleet of Finland and, and also people from Denmark and all mm-hmm. around Europe or no, the Nordics. And some of them also had, they wanted to know, okay, how are our teams doing in regards of badges and, and that. So I, mm-hmm. I said that maybe I can try to make this so that people can sign up and like track their badges on hmm. the site. Um, and this was yeah, about two years ago. Okay. Uh, then by December of 2017, I, uh, I, I launched an embryo and people could start registering um, for, okay. for, yeah, to create a profile, which then just used uh, built-in cron jobs from Google App Engine to scrape the trailhead profiles uh, okay. like every hour. Um, mm. I think it was hourly, yeah. Okay. Um, what's, what's a site name? Uh, it's called Top Trailblazers. Top Trailblazers. Uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. .com, right? I will put it uh, on our show notes just for people to check what the site is about, how it looks like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. So it sounds like it all starts from an internal requirement from your company, right? People yeah. just want to read those badges, those profile informations, and you start it from there. Exactly, and uh, mm. since I was pretty, I, I'm pretty confident in Python and App Engine. So it was just for mm. me, it was the lowest effort of actually building and hosting something, um, yeah. because you and don't just just add something on top when people have more requirement or you think you want to add something else. Like you mentioned, the learning the lightning design, lightning design system, right? The CSS yeah. part, yeah. So the, okay. the code base is pretty horrible still because I'm the did, only developer, so I don't, I mean, there are Did you already put it uh, in GitHub? Is it open sourced? No, it's not. Okay. Mostly because I would be kind of ashamed, but. <laughs> no, I mean, so, it's always yeah. fun to, yeah, okay, yeah. It started from small, right? But now it grow and grow and grow, and now it even supports the sign-up systems. So people could go there to sign up and then, this your website could start to scrape the their profiles yeah. as required, <laughs> and it, it kind of worked awesomely up until the 18th of October when Trailhead now made some changes to the profiles. So at the oh. moment, it's kind of broken. Okay, <laughs> that, that's uh, that's what happens when you base stuff on screen scraping. Mm. <laughs> And uh, the reason you're doing that because uh, it, uh, the trailhead, there's no API for people to pull the data out, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there are APIs, but only Salesforce people can use them internally. Um, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the typical situation, I know. Yeah, so I, I would really love that. But uh, when that hasn't been around, it, it has worked quite well mm. uh, up until like yeah five yeah. days ago. Yeah. <laughs> It's fragile in terms of if the website changes the design, changes the, the DOM element to some other structures, then the scraping would start failing, right? Yeah, and like the the most recent changes, they actually the the web page you get by scraping doesn't hold that much information, but they started doing like secondary callouts uh, to get the actual data, and then they populate the page. So it's oh. like a, a 
yeah, it, it's nicer in a way for them, I guess, but it's, yeah. it makes it more, it's a challenge <laughs> for me, but it, it's also fun to actually ah. play with it. It's, uh, um, so I, I think I have a solution for what they change now. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm hoping to be able to fix that, but <laughs> it would be really nice if they just launched an API where I could use it instead. Yeah. Uh, that would, I, uh, have you talked to with them? With Salesforce? I, I have been contacted. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they uh, still don't want to open that up. A app. couple of times. <laughs> but it's in the roadmap to, okay. to fix it. Um, okay. Yeah. And mm. also, like last September, I. Um, we actually used the site for uh, counting badges for a uh, global Salesforce Saturday where we were like, I don't know, 25 communities around the world and like 150 mm. users. Um, and we are planning on doing this this year. So when they broke stuff this spring, uh, people in that community actually contacted them. So then Trailhead got back to me and just, yeah. Explaining why they changed some stuff and broke some stuff, <laughs> and they also said that it's in the roadmap to to fix these things. But yeah, okay. it's all about priorities. Mm. So why do you do all this? Was it just because um, you know you love to tweak around with things, or what, what's the purpose? I mean, initially it was because yeah, I. I, I I usually work as an architect, and then you end up sitting mm. sitting in meeting and drawing on whiteboards. So I don't really code like eight hours a day, but I mm. love coding and solving problems and optimizing. So this gives me a chance to actually hands on <laughs> right. to serve that need uh, mm. in my spare time. Um, yeah. And as this thing has grown, it's been really good to me because I I've felt that I've actually given something back to the community mm -hmm. and I've made tons of friends like because I've been contacted by people all over the world and then on these Salesforce events I've met them and talked to them which I wouldn't have if I wouldn't be doing this so mm. I think this is or that's really the best part to get connections through it mm. um, and then helping people solve problems um, I remember there was a guy contacting me this spring who said that when he used the profile page on Top Trailbaser to show his manager about the architect pyramid, because that's another thing that was added, that basically, since I know the certifications, I can fill out the architect pyramid for them. And then he could show his manager that, oh, this is the, my career path from like admin oh. up to CTA, potentially. And he said that was really good because then he really understand or understood why taking certifications was like a good thing for him. Mm -hmm. I mean that that's worth a lot, like that okay. someone actually uses it and, and think it's a good service. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Since you already have the data, right? You have the certificate, how many you have already passed, and then that yeah. is just add a visualization layer to have that ladder, this pyramid visualization. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and that mm. was actually something I found out. Uh, there's a guy who works at Google called Adam. He has a yeah. website, Adam to, Adam to Architect, right? Yes. Um, he used that visualization, filling out which certifications he had taken. So then I thought, oh, this is cool. I think everybody wants that. So I basically <laughs> took the original and then I, I fill it out now based on the certifications. So everybody has their own like architect pyramid. Ah. So it's so 
so if I want to be part of that, uh, if I want to show my profile, I need to register, right? I need yeah. to say, add my profile into your site, please. Exactly. Okay. Um, at the moment, <laughs> sign up is a bit broken, but I, okay. I'll get back okay. to you as soon as it's working. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I have only 50 <laughs> badges or uh, three certificates. So I'm anywhere at the bottom somewhere. So no. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the average number of certifications actually, but I, I think mm. it's uh, it's interesting to see. The, uh, yeah, now we're kind of getting off the subject, but it's about the number of certifications because Salesforce yeah. has kind of taken this into a gamification level thing, which I think is it's got it's both good and bad. Like it's yeah. bad if yeah. people just chase them because yeah. some people with two certifications or way better than people with 20 so it doesn't yeah. really say anything unless you actually yeah. do them for the right reason yeah indeed hey thanks for listening to the show salesforce web podcast is all the time looking for both guests and topics. if you have guest recommendation or any topics you'd like to listen to don't hesitate to let me know. My Twitter, LinkedIn, and the email information is at the end of the show notes of each episode. You can also find it on the salesforceway.com website. I really, really, really need help from you on this matter because only you, my lovely listeners, know what yourself want. So, Please help me invite great guests to talk on great topics so that we spread great knowledge. Now, let's get back to the show. I just actually checked your website. I know who is ranking the first. It's Carl. Uh, Carl, I don't remember his last is name, it, but he's it? the CTA. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Even even in the trailhead, he was one of the coaches in the boot camp. Yeah. Oh, is it Paul? It's 2028. 20, Bra- or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the 27, um, and Daniel, Peter, those, those big names. <laughs> you know, also it helps me yeah, sometimes yeah. Uh, if yeah. I want to get some other guests to the show, I can just scan your list. And, oh, this guy's good. Let me contact yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So what do you think for other Salesforce developers who are our listeners? Maybe they don't have uh, an active pet project like you are doing. Some of them maybe just have some GitHub repo, but uh, they rarely update them. So what's your kind of uh, giveaway to them? I, I think like everything, it's like if you want to have a project, um, I, I don't really think you need to have like millions of users using it, but as long as you, I mean, it's something that you find usable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, th- that's a good enough like reason. Like I have friends, for example, who he, he built a service that like basically he can just check when he was standing in this hallway, he could ask like Siri or Alexa, like mm-hmm. when's the next bus? And it will just like check the bus timetable. It's pretty useless service because you could you do it on your phone, but still, I mean, to him, that was the purpose, and he learned how to like talk yeah. to um, the yeah. Amazon backends and everything. I mean, and yeah. some Node JS, and like that, that, that's yeah. always a good start. Um, 
it's uh, I I recently listened to an audiobook about uh, um, oh what's their name Skunkworks the, the people at uh, Lockheed Martin who built like the stealth fighter and the um, Blackbird and okay the, okay. Their, the, the, uh, Kelly Johnson, who was the, like the original boss over there, he said that never build an airplane you don't believe in. And I kind of, I, I think pet projects should be like thought of as the same, like never build something you don't believe in. So don't build something because you think it's something someone else wants, but rather that you want to do it or try it or learn how to use it. Mm. Uh, because that's the only way you will actually take the time. Um, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I'm, I can really draw an analogy here. Like I'm doing this podcast because I love it, right? Not, uh, of course, I mean, I'm sharing it, uh, along the journey. But uh, if I don't love it, I can't do it again and again. So... So no, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Then you would have good guests and bad guests and weird guests. But like, as long <laughs> as you love talking to people, I mean, th that's the core value here yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah, indeed. And actually, one of my colleagues, uh, so our company is doing consulting business. And uh, of course, it's Salesforce uh, targeted. So most of the time, we don't have time to really touch the other technology stack. But this, this colleague, he's really kind of stretching around to really convince our customers, let me to try AWS, let me try Lambda, you know, yeah. those, those kind of cool stuff and automation, those stuff. So, so, you know, he learned a lot. I think he has a wide range of technology information and the skills. You know, he, he know how to write the TypeScript, he know how to configure the AWS. So a lot of... Uh, skill set under his belt yeah and I, I think that's really important as i mean unless you your goal is to only work as an admin and never leave like the ecosystem because when you end up at a company especially larger ones they probably have existing infrastructure that's non-salesforce and mm. even if they do heroku i mean heroku is just a layer on top of aws and like where I'm at now, they they do uh, mostly Microsoft and uh, some Google, but they don't do AWS. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you have some of these tools, like Lambdas, for example, are really cool. Like we used them a couple of years back to do uh, uh, bulk data loads where we didn't want to have a server. We just let uh, them upload a file into S3. And then you just had a trigger who took the file ran it through a Lambda who would just use the bulk data load service. And I mean, basically you have infrastructure, but you, I mean, it's serverless and it worked really mm. well. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. You almost did the exact the same thing as my colleague did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It has the same problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It, I mean, how about... The programming language point of view from that, because you have done so many different programming languages, right? You have all these experiences. And Apex definitely is not a, let's see, that elegant language. It's still coming back from the old Java, right? It's still tight. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's like uh, the first guy I worked with, uh, with Salesforce, he said that Apex was 
Salesforce or Apex was Java's lazy cousin from the country. It's like <laughs> it's like a lesser version of Java. <laughs> but and and I think it it it's worse if you come in from like other languages and then end up in Apex because the first thing that you really that really annoys you is the the thing that it's not case sensitive, mm. which. Uh, if you come from the Java side, you just write basically Java code and it's fine. But if someone else who actually takes advantage of the non-case non, uh, sensitive parts, <laughs> the code can get really hard to read. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, but, but in the end, it's all about like, just to try to stick to some kind of syntax regardless of the language, right? Yeah. Because any language can be written so it's unreadable. Yeah, like, <laughs> indeed. But whenever I touch some other languages, like even JavaScript or like your favorite Python, um, most of the time you can see those languages are more concise. You can use like three lines to do a lot of, a lot of things that uh, in Apex you may need 30 lines. Yeah. Right? You always need to use the loop to go through the items. And in Salesforce, it's, it's quite open. Yeah, it is. But, but then, like, uh, I've been interviewing a couple of times for for Amazon, okay. and I remember the last time when, yeah, it was this like where you have four one hour interviews in a row and your brain is kind of melting. Uh, but okay. one of the guys who interviewed me said that like basically if we can write something in one line of Java code or three lines, we would probably go for three lines because we never want to risk someone not being able to grasp what's happening. So mm. rather be, because in the end, the compiler probably takes care of that, the extra yeah. space. So I, I do like Python when you can do like the, the anonymous functions and everything. Yeah. Uh, but also when I started doing Python, sometimes it was like, what the heck is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like for example, when you have a, you can do an else case on a for loop, right? In Python which is I, like, that's yeah. weird. You, you end up in that place if you run a for loop and you don't break, then it's like, so you exhaust the list and then you can do an else thing, which the first time I saw it, I thought, okay, someone has in, indented incorrectly here because this can't work. It's yeah. very elegant, but it's like... Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, because sometimes I'm I'm practicing a bit of coding in the code wars. Have you used oh, yeah. that? Right in there. I mean, for the listeners, it's uh, codewars.com. We will also put in the show notes. You can practice uh, a lot of languages, and people give their best answers there. So you can pick what's what's the smart people's good answers. And there, there are like two flags for the answers. One is best practice. One is like a smart. Right. Yeah. If you go too smart, you use one line, but it's not best practices. So there are like a two uh, factors you have to always uh, think about. Yeah. So I think uh, it's aligned with what you just yeah, mentioned. It, it, I, I think that that's really important, especially when you write code for like a customer or something important that mm. it might make sense. Maybe not doing two million comments, at least spell it out, like use proper. Yeah like variable names and everything because in the end it doesn't really matter how how your code executes it's rather than when they get a bug like five years later it's probably good that if that developer 
just understands what what's happening here mm. uh, rather than doing <laughs> like sometimes you can see people who come from like the C parts of things where they use like a lot of integers as return values which is like yeah, yeah that's awesome and everything but you don't have to do that in Java you can actually return an object <laughs> yeah. and it just makes it yeah unreadable and really yeah horrible mm. to debug yeah and also actually just one more thing pop up in my head about having a pet project is that it can really open the doors to different new things you have never thought or never touched before like my pet project currently is this podcast and a website that hosting this podcast and I start to realize how important the SEO is, like the ranking in the Google. And then I start yeah. wondering, okay, what do I do with SEO? Then you start to you know, wander around and see, okay, what's the materials to learn SEO? Then you realize there's a totally different world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like also a lot of things you need to learn if you really want to, to go on that route. Yeah, exactly. That and also when you do a pet project, you kind of have time for those like excursions. Mm. Like yes. to, to me, I I I've been using the Google page optimizer, I think it's called, a lot to like make sure that the loading time for the page is like really fast because mm -hmm. like if you look at just the badge icons when you get them mm -hmm. from Trailhead, they are like 400 by 400 pixels. And then when you show them on like a mobile browser, I mean they're pretty pretty heavy to download. So yeah, I I actually download a copy of it and cache it, and then I present a, a smaller version that's like optimized for the screen layout. So I, I kind of make sure that the page should load instantly. Um, mm. But that's also a rabbit hole that never ends. Like you can go into like so deep. <laughs> technical levels yeah. on, on like how to optimize page speeds and like mm. loading CSS up front to make sure that the page just snaps in the, the browser without actually rearranging and and, the, yeah. and you might not use that at work but at least you you get like a notion for it and if someone talks about it you will yeah. seem like a proper expert because you kind of touched it yeah indeed and uh, you are talking about your personal website right I know you have your blog. Oh yeah, yeah. Of website. It's uh, yeah. That's also a thing that I've optimized over the years. Uh, okay. I I started using WordPress because who doesn't who who didn't use WordPress at least? <laughs> um, then a year ago, uh, a friend of mine told me like, "Oh, you can't use WordPress because yeah, that's just old." <laughs> so okay. he talked about this. Uh, it's a static page. Uh, Mm -hmm. generator called Hugo. Mm -hmm. That's Basically a Python based, uh, right? Is it Python or Go? It might be Go, but oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so you kind of write your blog post in uh, Markdown, which is yeah, I, yeah, it's the same used at GitHub. Yeah. Or for, yeah. Um, and then you generate the whole page with links and everything. It's just yeah. static HTML. Yeah. Um, and now I actually, I moved away from using uh, a server in, it started out in, in Amazon EC2 because I've yeah. used EC2, Amazon since like 2009. And then I moved to Google because I wanted to learn that thing. So it, it yeah. ran in Google Compute Engine for a while. Mm. Um, 
but now it's hosted in, in Amazon S3 in a bucket. And then you can actually put, uh, like, you can serve web pages from a bucket that's mm. handled by Amazon. Then you use CloudFront, which is their content distribution network, to geographically cache, uh, cache it <laughs> at mm. ed- edge locations. Okay. Do you need to pay anything for hosting your website? Uh, you pay for you, yeah, you you pay for storage, which is like ten cents per gigabyte, and also for traffic, which is probably ten cents per gigabyte. Uh, so storage. Me, what do you mean storage? You mean a database storage or no a file storage in S three? Ah, so, okay. Uh, but to me, I, I think I pay Amazon about three dollars a month, and <laughs> the 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 biggest cost is actually hosting the DNS um, records because that's like fifty cents per zone per month, and I have a I have a bunch of websites. Uh, oh, okay. So traffic okay. is like negligible. It's yeah, it's super cheap, and and also there's no infrastructure for anyone to hack because WordPress you need to make sure you upgrade WordPress. You need to yeah. fix the templates. Mm-hmm. You need to. There, there's an underlying PC that needs to get upgraded and restarted, so it's just less headache and it, mm. it works really well. And also, Amazon makes sure you have uh, HTTPS certificates as well. That's yeah. so it's mm. uh, yeah. Now we yeah. diverge from the from the subject, but <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's fine. I mean, we're just talking about some pet project. It can be anything, yeah. right? Actually, I'm taking exactly the opposite direction. I started everything from static uh, websites. I used the JQ, which was the Ruby-based. In the past, it was very famous. And then I switched to a JavaScript-based. It's called Harp or something. Yeah, harp.js. So and uh, the benefit for me, I think you definitely know, is that uh, you can put it on GitHub. And use the oh, GitHub okay. page to host it. If you don't have a huge traffic, it's it's free. Basically, it's, everything is free. Yeah. Yeah. You can if you would get a lot of traffic, you could probably move it to to Amazon S3 because yeah. it probably works the same. And then you would have to pay for outbound traffic, but that's like, yeah, it's not much. It's yeah, uh, definitely it's yeah, very cheap. Um, yeah. And I think that's. That's probably where we're going to end up in the end with you know, <laughs> servers everywhere, but everybody's running serverless. So you don't yeah. really care who's who's running your infrastructure. It's like you just yeah. upload configuration, basically. And mm. Someone else runs it. So I I had a lot of my site, even this podcast in, pa- in the past, it was in static site, and I switched to WordPress. Do you know okay. the reason? <laughs> Could you guess out the reason? Um, I don't know actually. <laughs> it's ready for the SEO. Okay, okay, yeah. So, because when we talk about SEO, it's not just um, um, like uh, the text. So you have to really follow the Google search engine, like the the metadata in the head. Those things you really need to fine tune, and and just WordPress has so many good plugins to support that. Okay, yeah, yeah it, it makes reason. sense. Like, yeah. I don't really, I I don't really try to stay on top of the uh, yeah, SEOs, I know. I know. at least not I... for the blog. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did yeah. actually pay for uh, this Alexa ranking for a while for top trailblazers, and uh-huh. I think 
for a while I was at like number 700,000 globally with it, oh. uh, which was kind of cool because I've never, like, it's... <laughs> it's a <laughs> large fun. traffic really coming yeah. to the site. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can really see the spikes every Saturday. That's like where most people use it because they they do badges on, on Saturdays. It's oh, okay. really, it's the same pattern like every week. And I can see that in the building as well because it... Mm. Um, Google has pretty good quotas for for running it for free, but still, uh, um, I, I get to pay. I, it, it's probably three dollars a month here too, which is like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. still, you can see that it costs more on Saturdays, like mm-hmm. <laughs> always, <laughs> which is cool. Cool, cool, Johan. We talked a lot about our topic. We shared our experience. So, to me, as a summary to our listeners, is that. Uh, just think about what you want to do and then just start f- from small, right? Yeah. And then grow a little bit and see. And you can always tear down. You can always shut it down and start a new one if you don't really enjoy that. Yeah. And you yeah. really learn a lot of stuff because that's something you're, you're interested in. Then you definitely will learn faster than somebody else who are not interested but on the same road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if... <laughs> And, and, and I think that's the core here that of course you need to do something that you like and some people do that for a living like me for example I love what I do so for me I don't really have a clear distinction between work and hobby yeah. um, which is sad in a sense like <laughs> it's pretty hard to turn off but in the end it, it's I, I feel like I feel feel very lucky because then I get to I mean, cool stuff I learned by building like this pet project. I can use them at work. Like, yeah. So it, it benefits me both ways. Yeah. Good. All right. So, Johan, I think this is a good moment for us to close the session. I'd say goodbye and then enjoy your evening. Yeah, you too. All Cheers. right. Bye. Yeah, see you next time. <laughs>